I'm pretty lucky that the theme of this week's foundation series fitted pretty well with what was on my heart to share with you, and what was uh, fitting um, is the scripture that mean, means so much to me from, from, from scripture. So um, you're hearing a, a message from my heart, so God knew what he was doing when he formed the foundation series. So I apologize for tears right up front, because tears are real today. Tears have been real for a week, so I'm not even going to apologize for them anymore. One day, a young mother was feeling rather down and hopeless when she heard the phone ring. The young mother picked up the phone and said, hello. A woman's voice immediately said, honey, it's mom. I called because I know that you're overwhelmed with three children. I want to give you some help. I'm going to stop by to clean the house, take care of the baby, and prepare dinner for when the boys get home. I want you to get ready to go to my beautician. I paid her already. She's going to give you the works. Your appointment's at one. Give George a call at the office and tell him you'll meet him at the cheesecake factory for dinner. My treat. The young mother suddenly interrupted and asked, George? Who's George? George is your husband, of course, said the caller. My husband's name is John, the young mother replied. The caller asked, is this 5553212? No, the young mother replied. This is 5552212. I'm sorry, said the caller. I have called the wrong number. After a young pause, the young mother asked, does this mean you're not coming over to help? <laughs> there are certainly times when exhausted young mothers need help and hope. There are times when people feel hopeless because there are too many bills and not enough cash. There are times when people feel hopeless because the test results reveal cancer and the doctor says there's nothing that can be done. There are times when people feel hopeless because their company or their spouse has decided the relationship is not working out and they need to go in different directions. But hope. Hope brings power to people. Hope comforts people in times of pain and uplifts them in times of praise. It is like the Lord declared to Israel in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 to 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Hope. How we define hope often shapes how we perceive hope. Hope is defined as the expectation of good and is often something that we must wait for. The Greek word for hope is elipis, which means to have an eagerness or expectation for something. The understanding of biblical hope is always focused on the work and word of God. Hope gives a confidence 
that the good expected will happen. Biblical hope is focused on the prior works of God with anticipation for how God will fulfill his promises in the future. Hope offers a genuine confidence that impacts daily lives because we are moving closer to seeing God's promises fulfilled day by day. The New Testament makes a direct connection between hope and the manner in which we live. Hope is seen in the character of our lives. Hope brings a sense of incredible and inexpressible joy. Hope is part of the progressive work of God in our lives. The closer we walk with Christ, the deeper and stronger our hope becomes. New Testament hope is focused on the good that God has yet to finish. Hope flows from the expectation that Jesus has greater works to complete in the future. Hope is empowered by the promises of Christ that are yet to come. Think about what all of that entails. The promise of a place in heaven, the promise of a second coming, the resurrection from the dead, the restoration of the world, and the reign of Christ. Those are things to hope for. Biblical hope is not some pipe dream or pie-in-the-sky thinking. Biblical hope finds its foundation in the promises of God. Biblical hope is centered on the work and person of Jesus. He is the source and support of genuine hope. The basis of true hope comes out of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hope flows from his shed blood on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. Hope is revealed in the working of God by rolling the stone away to show an empty tomb. Hope is seen in the fact that Jesus paid the price for our sin and that he lives today. Hope is based in the fact that we will live forever with him. Hebrews chapter, chapter 6, verses 16 to 20 says this. Men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear, clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that, by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. Friends, hope is a byproduct of faithful living. Hebrews 6 verse 11, a little bit earlier than what I've just read you, says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. When we make the choice to follow Christ on a daily basis, we can see our hope progress. The writer of Hebrews communicates the impact of diligence to our hope. When we surrender our lives over to the purpose and plan of God, we exchange our earthly hope for eternal hope. 
Hope progressively grows when we dedicate our lives to pursuing a deeper commitment with Christ. Hope increases when we make Christ the chief interest of our lives. So why do so many who claim to be Christian lack hope? Many have lost Christ as the focus of their living. The moment we shift from an eternal focus to an earthly focus, we lose the power of biblical hope. Biblical hope is sure. The meaning is that this hope has a solid foundation. Biblical hope is filled with an overwhelming confidence that propels us towards the fulfillment of God's promises. Our hope is as solid as the promises of God. God has never broken a promise and never will. We can have assurance with the hope we have in God. The same word that promised hope in the past still speaks to those living today. The timeless nature of God's word allows us to grasp the hope that Christ has for us. So here's some things about hope. Hope is offered by Christ. The hope that Christ offers to us is beyond our ability to comprehend because it will never change. Change seems to be part of the fabric of life and nothing constantly remains the same. The hope that we have from Christ is eternal in nature. This means that our hope existed before time started and will be in existence when time comes to an end. There is a timeless nature to hope because it encompasses all of history. Hope is an extension of God's goodness. Hope is an expectation of something good. The goodness of God should impact our lives in a manner that inspires us to be like him. God is good in his character. Good first describes the very character of God. The truth is that God is good is a part of who he is. God cannot be anything but good. good is the stand, God is the standard of goodness. We have hope because God is good. God is good in his conduct. And because God is good, all that he does must also be good. We have hope because God's actions toward us are always good and are always for our benefit. God is good in his care. The fact that God cares for us is amazing. He cares for us so much that he cannot leave us as we were when he found us. The desire of God is to make us like his son, to make us more like Jesus. We cannot make ourselves good, but God's grace can change our hearts, causing goodness to grow in us. We can't, but he can. Hope comes to us through the compassion of God. God desires for us to be good because he is good, and he wants us to be like him. Hope is a refuge and an encouragement. The hope we have in Jesus is rock solid. There's a great hymn called The Solid Rock, and it says it best when it says these words, My hope is built on nothing less then Jesus' blood and righteousness. Hope becomes a place of refuge from the onslaught of the world around us. Hope brings an encouragement that allows us to live above disappointment. Hope acts as a shelter 
to give protection to our spirit. Our world is filled with things that might cause us distress, unexpected events that create chaos, hurricanes, earthquakes, floods, economical meltdowns, terrorist attacks, the impact and destructive nature of sin. How many lives have been wrecked by sin? How many people have been destroyed by its downward spiral? What about the enemy we face? Satan is the enemy of Christ and the enemy of the church. His desire is to create, to create as much havoc as possible. Disruption, division, dissension, distress, distrust. But hope acts as an anchor. Anchors were used to keep large ships in place. Anchors basically eliminate drifting and were useful tools during ancient times. Anchors were used to protect ships from crashing against rocks or from landing on forbidden shores. The, the anchor helped keep the ship and its crew safe. And hope is like an anchor because it helps prevent spiritual drifting. The moment a person begins to lose their hope for the future, they begin to drift spiritually. Hope anchors us to the promise of eternity. It will not slip. It will not break. It will not fail. Anchors give confidence. Hope is sure. Anchors are dependable. Hope is steadfast. Hope is our entrance. The writer of Hebrews speaks of the inner sanctuary that is behind the curtain. The temple was divided into several sections. It was composed of the outer courts, the inner courts, and the temple proper. And that temple contained the temple and the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was considered the most holy place. The area was the resting place of the Ark of the Covenant and the place where God's presence dwelled. Access to the most holy place was forbidden except for once a year. The high priest would enter to seek God's forgiveness for the entire nation. We are given access to the presence of God through Christ Jesus. Jesus tore the temple veil in two and he offered us access to God. Jesus has secured the promised land of heaven for those who believe. Our place in heaven is prepared by Christ and he has secured us a place to dwell in the presence of God for eternity. Our hope flows from, a fact, from the fact that we have a place with God forever. One night at dinner, a man who'd spent many summers in Maine fascinated his companions by telling of his experiences in a little town called Flagstaff. The town was to be flooded as part of a large lake for which a dam was being built. In the months before it was to be flooded, all improvements and repairs in the whole town were stopped. What was the use of painting a house if it were to be covered with water in six months? Why repair anything when the whole village was to be wiped out? So week by week, the whole town became more and more bedraggled, more gone to seed, more woe begone. Then the man added by way of explanation, where there is no hope in the future, there is no power in the present. Friends, there are three key reasons for this happy hope that we have. 
The first one is Christ's personal presence. There will come a day when we will be face to face with Christ and we will dwell in his presence. The second one, redemption from our sinful nature. When Christ returns, the battle with sin will be completely won. There will be no more sin. We will be free. That's something to hope for. The third one, restoration of creation. The promise of God is that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And this means that God will make all things new and the entire world will be redeemed. That we can hope for. And our hope is completed through the return of Jesus. God will redeem this lost world completely when Christ returns. Nothing will be left undone. This is the final work of Jesus. Paul gives proper divinity to Jesus where he says, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul is clearly qualifying the reality of our hope with the fact that Jesus is God. But what does hope do for mankind? Hope shines brightest when the hour is darkest. Hope motivates when discouragement comes. Hope energizes when the body is tired. Hope sweetens while bitterness bites. Hope sings when all melodies are gone. Hope believes when evidence is eliminated. Hope listens for answers when no one is talking. Hope climbs over obstacles when no one is helping. Hope endures hardship when no one is caring. Hope smiles confidently when no one is laughing. Hope reaches for answers when no one is asking. Hope presses towards victory when no one is encouraging. Hope dares to give when no one is sharing. Hope brings the victory when no one is winning. John Maxwell from Think on These Things. My favorite scripture? The scripture that gives me comfort and clarity and hope in the dark times, the trying times and the storms, in the waiting times. The scripture I used at the start of the sermon. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, and will bring you back from the place from which I carried you into exile. May it bring you hope too. And I want to end my final All Saints sermon. The way that Max Licardo ends his book about the promises of God with these words. Build your life on the promises of God. Since his promises are unbreakable, your hope will be unshakable. The winds will still blow, the rain will still fall. But in the end, you will be standing, standing on the promises of God.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the hope that we have in you. The hope that can be found when we cling to the promises that you've given us. The promises that you've never broken. The promises that are as sure as an anchor. Father, thank you that each one of us has been designed a perfect plan, a perfect future for our lives. And Lord, when the storms rage and the rain falls and the night seems long, Lord, even when the sun is shining and everything is going well, may we always, always find ourselves standing on the promises of God, clinging firmly to the hope that has been promised, that has been delivered, and is alive today because of Jesus, in whose mighty name we pray. Amen.